Guard the Lieutenant Wharf. You step into my regiment, please, and bring a tricorder with you. Hi, Captain. What do you make of that? I am puzzled, sir. The only detectable bioelectric particles are your own. You did not help. I did not. running star trek the next generation rewatch podcast every week of the calendar year that's the gregorian calendar we're bringing you an episode of star trek the next generation and all the behind the scenes stories that allowed that magic to happen my name is mitchell mills chief consultant of services at paramount and with me it's my life partner brandon hobbs ex-head of resources management brandon how are you this morning uh well mitch i uh, i'm feeling a little low test today so i'm trying to hype myself up yeah I hear that, you know, raw eggs are good for that. Yeah, I've been doing the raw eggs. Also uh, raw sperm. I ate, a, I ate a whole onion. I haven't recycled yet. Okay, okay. But that's on the docket, um, right? Yeah, sure, sure. That, that'll be like my, my midnight snack. Hmm. Have you ever um, ingested just whole cloves of garlic? Actually, yes. How'd it feel? They're pretty good. Yeah? Well, I, usually I'll, like, I'll roast it, though. I don't know if that... No. Kind of nullifies the. It has to be raw. It has to be raw. Yeah, I've never eaten raw garlic. Well, I you got some homework now. Uh. This is the thing. I um am averse to eating garlic. And I am very uh, it's kind of an anal retentive thing. I'll eat something. I I don't really know what garlic tastes like to be honest, but I'll eat something. You 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 retain it in your asshole. No, no, but uh, <laughs> um. When I eat something, I'll, I might enjoy it, and then somebody's like, oh, by the way, there's garlic in that, and then I just go, ew, I don't want to eat this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a female trait. You think so? Yeah. Well, I am quite feminine, as I've you always tell been me, told. Um, yeah, that's why you're the bottom. That's right. Yeah, you could tell me anything's in, in something I, I just ate, and I'd be like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not, like, a particularly squeamish guy. Um, just when it comes to garlic, huh? Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of things I don't like. I don't like cheese, I don't like milk, I don't like... Uh, just gonna go down the dairy list. <laughs> Butter. I don't, I don't like shrimp. But the point is, like, all of these things, if I'm at a restaurant and someone's recommending me something that has a, a key ingredient that I don't like, um, I'll still try it just to... Um, expand my horizons even if it's bad 90 mm-hmm. percent of the time but and it's i'm not grossed out by it either it's just that i don't like the taste but with garlic it it is an aversion yeah yeah, yeah. which is um, why i i you know filed it under anal, anal retentive because it anal sticks, retentive. In, sticks in my asshole yes sticks sticks in your craw right many things stick in my craw but i don't wish to retain all of them right <laughs> you know uh you know what they say about yogurt um it's cultured uh they do say that um and was it yogurt uh yogurt. i might be wrong about this yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think about uh what they say has phytoestrogens in it oh you know? lord i uh this, the, the so- stuff that the looks maxing guys avoid soy i i know there's a lot of oh talk yeah yeah, yeah that. that's it that's it it was it was soy soy yep Okay. Yep, not yogurt. I, I've long heard the soy, you know, banter and whatnot, but I never knew the reason that they were so averse to soy. 
Um, yeah, there's there's phytoestrogens in it, and, and there's I don't know if this is like an old wives' tale mm-hmm. or an old husband's tale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I remember there being talk about uh, uh, young boys raised on on a high soy diet growing tits. Okay. Right. So um, I th- I think all that's kind of combined to to cr- create the the uh, atmosphere around soy we have today. Well, I can tell you that boys raised on a high sugar diet most definitely grow tits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Among other things. Mm. Um, like sugar cane? I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> no, they get fat. Right. I don't know if I'd say that's them growing something that they grow their fat. <laughs> <laughs> Another day at the fat farms. Uh, time to harvest the fat. I, uh, how do you feel about fat on, like, your steaks? Are you pro-fat? Anti-fat? Mm. Anti-fat? Depends on the day. Anti-fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends on the day, don't you think? I mean, some days you're like, yeah, I could go for, like, a really fatty piece of meat. Something, like, with a lot of fatty flavor. Yeah. And then I mean, some, days I, some, day, some days it makes me throw up. I think it depends on the cut of meat more than anything else. Um, prime rib? is yeah i think has the most delicious fat sections yeah sure sure she like if if it's cheap meat you can't really be messing with the fat too much it's usually kind of gross right um gristle yeah yeah as it's yeah that's what it tends to be yeah yeah um like the bear you know gristly bear a gristly bear (laughs) so what's new with you these days uh well uh we we got the fourth coming up um right the um may the fourth be with you yes yes well no this is july 4th so it's it's um in our community it's star trek day of course we we celebrate um the uh the the wonders of trek and how it's all emancipated us from our dreary monotonous lives right Right, and it uh, gives us dream of the quote Star Trek future. I hear so much about every yeah, every yeah. fucking day. <laughs> the Star Trek, the Star Trek future, where we don't really know what happens to the lower class. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about this. The how the lower class is bred out of existence. People with... like us would be sent to the labor camps in the Star Trek universe. That's right. It's really the top one percent that gets. You can to, either be. Uh, a scientist you can be a scientist a teacher uh a starship officer and that's it or you can work security yeah oh oh, i guess you could be a farmer too a soy farmer a soy farmer a soy farmer (laughs) um it is weird that there i guess it's not so weird i was gonna say it, it is weird that there's like a market for for homegrown food on earth when there's replicators all around, but well, every time I... this comes up, there's always some guy that's like, "Oh, the replicator food doesn't taste like the real food," and yeah. how do you well, eat yeah. that slop? They're 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 retro fascists. They're retro fascists. That's right. They're imposing right. their um idealized view of the past onto the present. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, you know, they're like, uh, "We must we must return," and they replace the U with a V. Right, right, right. They're um they're really yucking the yum of uh those of us who live in the present. 
Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, I'm not giving up my replicator. No, no, no. Any of this retro stuff just gives me the ick. The heebie-jeebies. Right. I am both heaved and jeebed simultaneously. <laughs> now, that, that sounds almost racist. Yeah? Against who? Uh, it's, no, it's, it sounds like Scooby in an alternate Doo universe characters? it would be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of which, um, yes. how many people in the world, like percentage-wise, do you think know, and I'm talking about English speakers, how many, how many people percentage-wise do you think know the origin of the word gypped? Oh, not many, but people... You never hear anyone complain about it. No, but those that do um, like to complain about it. People love having a cause to fight for that is very unknown. So people are (laughs) like, oh, can't say that. The the Roma. They always say the Roma. Yeah, the Roma. Yeah. (laughs) And, And meanwhile, these are people who have never interacted with a gypsy in their life. Right. They've they've never they've never had like a a pack of twelve children come up and steal their their wallet. Yes, here's what they do: the the children like they they pat up against you with like large pieces of cardboard, so you're desensitized to their hands running through your pockets mm-hmm. and stealing your stuff. Um, mm-hmm. People like to rag on the Europeans. The common a common um, rag is where they purport that the Europeans are all anti-racists but they will gladly you know shit on on gypsies and right to that i say yeah <laughs> of course i mean it's it's only natural I, um, you know when there's a, a a culture that's founded on you know theft and and uh being highwaymen it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Not. They they are actual highwaymen. Right. They live on the highway. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they come up to you and say it's either my way or the highway. But little <laughs> do you know that both of those are their way, which is why it's such an effective uh, theft tactic. <laughs> right, right, right. They're uh, they're 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 getting one over on you there. Right. I'm I'm putting together in my head uh just the 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 very beginnings of a bit where uh. Uh, a, a pedophile tourist gets um gets mugged by oh, like, gypsy children and, just... he, and he like runs away with one and, and he gets one over on them see what i was thinking was that he keeps like he wears like cargo shorts that are stuffed um and walks into gypsy territory all the time just that children and <laughs> just, yeah. them up. <laughs> that's pretty good too like sews the uh, shit into the lining of the pants so that they're like right. feeling around, but they have to keep like grabbing. You know, it's a whole scheme. Yeah, yeah. Now that that would really get them right. They'd feel very stupid. <laughs> Do you think um, gypsy children are the type to feel stupid or just to be stupid? Yeah, I don't think they feel anything. Right. Well, they're not people. Is the thing. Right. Right. So, do you um? Do you feel any kind of uh, realism about these races? Any realist attitudes and in, in their genetic well, I mean, makeup? We are being realistic here. We are being realistic about the races. Right, right. It's ju- it's just realistic. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to say anything. You know, I, there's some statistics I could quote you. You know, <laughs> stats. The statistics are very inconvenient, though, aren't they? 
Um, depends on who you are, what your truth is, and um, what yeah, you're trying yeah. to argue. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a. Uh... I don't think there's been any Twitter argument in the past five, six years mm-hmm. uh, that we haven't had definitive statistics on that have proven one side completely wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they, you know, they still keep going. Well, that's what's great. I mean, I'm not... Yeah, so here's the thing. People love being like, oh, on Twitter, everybody's dumb. And up the Twitter arguments, there's everyone's stupid, and everyone's dumb. And they have this whole holier-than-now thing. They have their Twitter account, they have their follow list that's like a thousand people, their follower list is like another thousand people that are different. And they always talk about just how terrible the Twitter community is while actively taking part in it. Yeah. And, and, and it really annoys me. And this is not unique to Twitter. It, it's basically any kind of sphere on the internet. People just... A, when you are familiar with something, you are more familiar with its faults. So people that use Twitter and Reddit or whatever are going to be more privy to the, the how bad the user base can be. But you have to realize that you are an active part of this, and you can't be above it when you engage with it as often as you do. You know, if you want to talk shit about you know, Twitter and how useless and it, it is and how dumb the people are. That's great. But don't use it then. Because what, what are you doing? You're just wasting your time on something you know that you self-profess is, is bad for you? Yeah. Well, the biggest issue is they, they use it in the same ways that they accuse others of using it. That too. But I don't know. I just, there's, there's this whole smug, holier-than-thou attitude that I ha- has annoyed me for years. Mm-hmm. And it's always by so, people that are completely insufferable, of course. Well, that's the thing, yeah, they're completely entrenched. Well, and e- even if they weren't hypocrites, they would be insufferable. When, when they're talking about... Uh, when they're talking about people being stupid on Twitter, they're talking just solely about people who disagree with them. Right. And, and, and they're very... These people are very opinionated in all the wrong ways, so, you know... It, it stands to reason they'd be insufferable and would be the only ones who are actually talking in this way, really. Yeah, I mean, I can see I, how this situation comes about, but it just still annoys me. I read a great review of Darkon earlier today. Darkon? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm into this. I mean... For those for yeah. those who don't know, Darkon is a... Uh, it's our favorite movie of all time. It's it's one of the best movies ever. It's it's a documentary about um, a group of people with uh, terrible lives, um, no, no money, awful jobs. They work at like Walmart uh, in like some flyover state suburb. Uh, who LARP? Yeah, right? l- they, LARPing life, is their uh, life. Their life. Yeah, and it's it's like this like medieval fantasy. They they all pretend to be medieval fantasy characters on like uh, public school soccer fields. And um, actually, there's two two great ones. There's there's one review from May two twenty third two thousand eight uh, that gives it a one out of ten. It says starring the great Skip Lipman. I'm sorry. Uh, so well, Skip is the you know the main guy. Oh yes. In in, in the movie, this guy hates Skip Lipman. Oh, it's just a personal vendetta. He despises Skip Lipman. It, it has to. It, he says, yeah. 
He says, of course, going in, you know, a movie starring the great Skip Littman will have no culture, no intelligence, no wit other than a corrosive adolescent jokiness and no recognizable human emotion. Well, that's not wrong. <laughs> Skip Littman what is he, wasn't even on the map before this movie came out. He's not on the map after it. Well, well he, he doesn't do bit parts in some stuff now. Surprisingly. Wait, wait, wait. He's an actor? Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's a documentary, right? I'm not. I haven't lived my life with the wrong impression of. Well, Dark that's Dawn. the thing. No, he he is. A, this is a doc. I mean, if this isn't a documentary, then I also got fooled. But this this is a documentary, right? But I, I think I think he pivoted his remote success in Darkon into doing like little bit roles on like you know smaller productions and stuff. I see. But he has been in like at least one movie. Huh. Like one fictional movie. Now this is the um. The main guy, right, who who rises up against Dwight from the yeah, office. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the fat guy with a beard. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Yeah, I I now I'm just picturing a universe where Darkon is fiction, and it's just the most well made movie of all time, <laughs> just to sell the aesthetic that they were going for. Um, so the the review that I really really enjoyed, and I can't really read it word for word because it's way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a section where he goes into, he's like, he was basically like, I could not enjoy this movie because I've been exposed to too many people like this in my life and they're all assholes. An incredibly valid criticism. And, um, he was, he was like, uh, my, my first run in. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's what he says. And you'll recognize this kind of person because I, 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 I'm sure you've, uh, you know, in, in the circles that we run around in or have run around in. Uh, coincidentally or incidentally, uh, we'll have people like this. Okay. Um, uh, he says, I've actually known people who involve themselves in this brand of idiocy and watching this movie was like having to engage in a lengthy conversation with one or more of them. Again, these people by and large are 34 plus, oh. make less than $10 an hour, make up history as they go along and develop these strange delusions of grandeur based on the idea that you are mundane in all facets, and they are not. That is... They will refer to each other in public settings as knight, master, lord, or king. You know what? Pardon, pardon me as I explain. And then he goes into, like, how, like, his first run-in with these kind of people was at, like, the Renaissance Fair, and, and uh, he, was, he was doing kickboxing, and he got involved with, like, this weapons team, and the guy who was, like, teaching, like, the, like, the weapons course or whatever, like... You know, it was like one of these kind of people, like basically yeah. making shit up and like talking about how great he was and how skilled he was and stuff. This is <laughs> and it's just so good. This is amazing. The um the notion that they believe themselves uh, special amongst mundane yeah. people is so spot on. It, it totally is. Good lord, it totally is. I, and, I, and you can even see that in Darkon when they're like they're like they'll have these interviews with with guys that are like, you yeah, no one likes me in real life. And, you know, they're having this, like, pity party. Yeah. But you know in the back of their heads, they're like, it's because I'm too smart. Right. Meanwhile, there's, like, <laughs> there's like a 12-pack of Diet Pepsi sitting in the background. Yeah. <laughs> the next scene, he's, like, it's, it's like a 300-pound man crawling on the, on, on the grass, <laughs> eating that? flowers. David? What was that guy's name? <laughs> I, I don't know, but if you actually remember his name, that's incredible. I can remember, the, like, the visual of that exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that guy was... He worked at Starbucks, and he's like, I, yeah. I can't talk to girls, I work at Starbucks, but in Darkon, I'm I'm whatever. 
But then it cuts to him in Darkon, and he's just, cr- like you said, crawling on the ground eating flowers. <laughs> he's rolling around like Job of the Hot. He doesn't have a weapon, he doesn't have anything, he's just, he's just fat. No, no, he's, he, <laughs> he's just there for the ride. Right. He doesn't do anything, he doesn't help his country at all, he doesn't expand their territory, he's just there. He just wants to sit there and, and roll around and watch, I guess, it's, I don't know. It's a new type of role play. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very nice. Always be uh, suspicious of people eager to role play, because you know they're they're missing something. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's that's what that's what they say. Abs. Right. Always be suspicious. Right. <laughs> Around role players, abs. Abs. There's something about abs that just scare people into role playing games. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know where you're going with this. Uh, it's like they're afraid to work out abs. Uh, oh, okay. They feel inadequate around somebody who has reigned control of their life. Mm-hmm. Who is a a Chad, so to speak. A Chad, right? Like the country. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy to report that uh, I have watched another Tom Hanks movie. Okay. What the... Oh, God, no. It's gonna... What is it? What is it? It's the terminal, and it, it, it's not about cancer. Um, okay, what kind of terminal is it? An airport. Do you know? Uh, the, do you know the conceit of this movie? Not really. No. So there's a like a guy from a uh, shit poor Middle Eastern country arrives in New York at an airport. While he was in the air, there was a coup in his country. Um, that invalid. Wait, there was a what in this country? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. A uh, a military uprising. Okay. And um, that invalidated both his passport and his ability to go home. It's kind of contrived, but apparently it's somewhat based on true events. But anyway, he ends up having to live in the airport, given that it's not officially U.S. soil, um, for an oh, that's extended kind of period of time. It is. Uh, and like I said, it's a Tom Hanks movie. He plays like a a poor middle eastern guy who's learning english and you can kind of like see that development which is kind of fun um mm-hmm. the movie is a little bit too fantastical at times like the the romances and the character interactions aren't really grounded in anything um to the point that it's distracting that characters would act like they do but overall uh-huh. the conceit of the movie and the performance is fun enough that a uh, so it's a rec- it's a recommendation, and I believe. Well, add that one to the, the the Hanks list. That's it's certainly on the Hanks list, and uh, it's got Renee Zellweger, who, as the her name implies, is white. <laughs> You're too fast for me on that one. I knew right where you were going, and I cut you off. Now, when are you going to watch the Burbs? What are the Burbs? Well, that's another um, that's another Tom Hanks movie where uh, his wife is, uh, surprisingly, Carrie Fisher. Oh, the greatest and, actress of all time. And, 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 and here's, here's the crazy part. Yeah. The, the kid at the beginning of this episode of, of Star Trek this week, uh-huh. he's in the movie, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> if only I had watched The Burbs, it would be the perfect... <laughs> Link. Yeah, it would have been much more topical. I'm a little suspicious of 1980s Tom Hanks, where he's more of an overt comedian. Not that he's not funny, but I don't know. I, I like his dramatic performances. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not really Tom Hanks if if he's not like just staring wistfully out windows and stuff, right? Right. I need a um, I need a John Williams score in the, with the Spielberg production, and uh, fucking wistful is the best way to put it. It, it, it. He wasn't in Big Fish, but Big Fish is basically Tom Hanks. Yeah, you know what? That's like who was in Big Fish? That was um Owen McDonald. That is absolutely like a Tom Hanks movie, isn't it? Yeah. You're right. So, Big I watched Fire. Fish. Uh-huh. I watched Big Fish because this, this chick that I liked uh, also liked the movie. You bonded over Big Fish? No, no, we didn't bond over it. I, I just I, I watched it so I could try to, and then I didn't. So I kind of just wasted two hours. Was it good? Was it a good movie? I don't know. No. I, I don't. I mean, it was okay. I guess it, it is. It is one of those like dumb, quirky girl movies, though. It's like it's like one step away from being uh, Tim Burton. You know what I mean? Okay. Almost. Okay. See, I, I, I not its aesthetic, but in its quirkiness. Right. I I thought that it was quirky. I actually rather not that it was so quirky, but that it was um more of a dad movie. Movie for dad. You think it's a dad movie? Well, I haven't seen it. It's my image. Um. Oh. Okay. So I defer to you. But um, that's what I kind of uh, thought. Perception may have been colored by, you know, all these other factors. But yeah, I, I uh, thought it was kind of just like... Probably by the girl herself in some way. Yeah, right. Mm. Right. I might be projecting. Mm. Well, uh, I'm not a big fish stan, so you don't have to worry about offending me. <laughs> I, I don't a big e- fish stan. A big fish stan. I don't even like real big fish. Not a big fish stick. <laughs> well, that I am. <laughs> I'm uh, coated in bread. You're bread coated. Bread coated. How do you feel about the uh, the concept of fish fingers? Well, that's what they call them in in the UK. Right. It's kind of I don't like it. Like I know it's ostensibly yeah. the same as a chicken finger, but I uh, I'm I'm put off. I, I've I've I'm. Hmm. Never really had a strong opinion about this. Well, he's never been on the readier room before. <laughs> fish fingers, fish sticks. I, I, I'd rather go with fish fingers because it. Uh, no one can make the the South Park joke at you if you say that. That's true, and uh, you don't want to look like a fool when somebody makes a South Park joke at you. Right, right. Well, it's embarrassing for everyone involved, really. Yeah. No one gets out of that unscathed. I watched, rather, I read some people's opinions on South Park. And I'm not a South Park fan. I haven't watched South Park in more than a decade. And when I did watch it, it was just fine. But the the, the way people get mad at South Park these days is um, comical in and of itself. What were they saying? Well, they, they flashed back to the... There was some episode where there was like a, an election and the two candidates were, oh God, something ridiculous, like like piece of shit and giant douche. <laughs> the idea being that like, oh, a lot of politicians are just, you know, crooked and shitty no matter who they are. Um, yeah. And people are like, the damage, this episode is done. People don't vote and that's how we get this. Oh, uh, yeah. It was like an anti-Trump thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And putting aside the complete fact that people are now seeing, and this was very recent, people are now seeing the exact result of that, rather the um, justification of that episode's message, where it's like, okay, you elected a Democrat who allowed and it isn't really doing anything about the issue that Democrats seem to care about the most, which is the, the abortion thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, great, your guy won and you still think he's shitty, which is fine. But that's the whole <laughs> point of the episode. He was running against Trump, who you obviously would agree is shitty. So, you know, how are you really going to take shots at this? Yeah, sure. I don't know. People are just so... Not not all people, but um, these uh, people very into these, politics. These, are, these fucking libs. The, uh, no, but I mean, kind of. But <laughs> the people who are very into politics, especially left-leaning people into politics, are so trigger-happy at shouting down anything that um, resembles a both-sides argument. Oh, totally. Well, and, and it's also like they're so short-sighted, too, where it's like, you have issues that I mean, every issue is multifactorial. There's mm-hmm. never like a, like, oh, if we just fix this one thing, it'll uh, you know get rid of racism forever or something. Right. Uh, but so many, so many of these people want to believe that. Like, like they they believe we're like we're like one step away from, um, like the end of civilization, like like the end goal of civilization. You know what I mean? Hmm. Where where we 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 magically find ourselves in a utopia if we get rid of, I don't know, like, for example, all the white people or whatever. Right? Hmm. And it's, it's like, yeah, well, I mean, maybe, but <laughs> there's like 5,000 other issues you're going to have to deal with, too. I mean, it's nice. I imagine it's comforting to uh, imagine the world being that simple. Right, right, right. Well, and, and it's not to say that, like, you know, uh, Republicans don't do the same thing. No, in, but in an equally annoying way. But, but they're yeah, they're also not the ones with with uh, intense social power right now. But my point is that um, so right now we you just kind of made this point that people on both sides fall victim to a uh, a cognitive trend, and people on both sides. And by virtue of doing that, you are it's 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 um very illogical by virtue of doing that you have taken one side by, by yeah sure sure by claiming both sides are problematic you have taken a side yeah you're right i mean now now i'm now i'm a republican right which is yeah. <laughs> um like i said just very illogical and uh, yeah as fans of star trek we we cannot tolerate illogic right right you know spock data are our heroes Sarek. they're always logical Sarek. Um, my favorite <laughs> Star Trek character. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, AOC put out something <clears throat> on Twitter. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but um, what, what do they call those pregnancies where the baby dies in the womb? Is it ectopic? Uh, lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, be- like, I believe it's like, ectopic. She was like, "Don't tell me that." you know, the founding fathers knew what an ectopic pregnancy was. And it's like, you can literally just Google it. And the first like recorded ectopic pregnancy by name was in the 1600s. <laughs> and the first recorded ectopic pregnancy, uh, having not been named that was like in the year 1000. That's, that's, see, I don't, 
I don't really like to just, um, I don't know. I don't mind the AOC's existence in a lot oh. of ways. Because I, I can't say that a lot of things that she does I vehemently disagree with. I just find her kind of obnoxious more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for her to be so just embarrassingly wrong on on an issue that I probably agree with her uh, with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, 100%. 100 I agree. You know, you're right. I probably do agree with her on most things. Um, but yeah, she's obnoxious. She's an idiot. And uh, the only people who call her out are like, you know, <laughs> idiot Republicans on Twitter. Right. People who are also 99% of the time just <laughs> factually wrong and, and demonstrably right. stupid. Right, right. So she faces zero consequences because she just gets to conveniently ignore them. Uh, but yeah, wow. I I was just I was <laughs> floored at that. Um, she is cute though. Well, there you go. That redeems everything. That, yeah, I mean that's probably the, what's been saving her. But it won't save her forever. She's gonna I hit know. the wall. She's gonna hit the wall. You know, Pink Floyd made an album about that. Oh, they did. They did. Right? I about, was, uh... About the deteriorating, uh, looks of, of women. <laughs> I, um... I saw a beautiful... You, you know the, the, um, the album cover of The Division Bell, right? No. I'll look this up. Alright, never mind. No, no, no. Just tell me your fucking story. Your anecdote. Well, no, it's, it's not funny. Just it was it was it was just it was just a, a Sneed and Chuck at what? the Division Bell cover. All right, I have seen this before now that I've looked it up. But yeah, um, yeah. That, they they just they just, some guy just turned those faces into Sneed and Chuck. That does sound funny, but I I want to go on record and say I've never heard a Pink Floyd album. Wow, that's crazy. It's, oh yeah, that's right. You were telling me that before. Yeah, this isn't this isn't new lore, but I don't know. I have a friend that just always likes to talk i guess at me about pink floyd and i'm it's like oh man it's crazy <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna go on record about? here and say the division bell is my favorite album of theirs okay. which i guess means i hate waters waters is the one who was gone at that point right i've never heard this stuff. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know i don't know anything about pink floyd um right. except like I've, I've listened to like all their albums but i don't know anything about them Anything about the production of the music, nothing. and Nothing about the people. Yeah, I just looked it, it up. So... Rod Waters isn't there. What, what did he do? Is he the guitarist or the singer? I have no fucking idea. Okay. Um, you want to know something very autistic about me? Mm. Every time I listen to a new album, I always do it while reading the Wikipedia entry <laughs> on that album. <laughs> well, you know, if someone asks you about the song, you got to be able to... Uh, hit them with a couple cool trivia facts. Well, it's not that I need to like assert myself. I just I genuinely enjoy learning the um, no I, I, details of production. I, I am I'm well aware that you enjoy reading Wikipedia articles, so it's it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility that you would enjoy listening to music and reading about it at the same time when you uh, when you spend hours reading about baseball statistics and you never watch baseball. <laughs> I, it's also by virtue of the fact that these days past several years i only ever listen to music on the train and mm -hmm. having something to do to occupy um i don't know wall street to occupy wall street 
<laughs> to occupy my 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 mental faculties is is nice. <laughs> oh god, I forgot. That big brain of yours. It's so fucking large. <laughs> you need you need so many things going at once, or else you start drifting off and thinking about stuff. Can't have that. I can't have that. Yeah, you might you might you might discover like the the new theory of relativity or something. I it's like it's like a um a training weight I put on my brain so that one day when I take it off, I can brain blast at full power. <laughs> one day you're gonna sit in an empty room and just like like a, your third eye is gonna open. <laughs> like my 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 irises and pupils are replaced by a blinding light. Yeah, Shining yeah. And, and you, you, you'll start connecting everything together, like the baseball statistics. Uh, I, is, is some, somehow reveal the answer to the universe. I, uh, I I shed my clothing, come blue like Doctor Manhattan, <laughs> abandoning all sense of shame. Well, I've already done that. And then, and then, uh, then you you order Uber Eats. <laughs> I, I had a very dangerous encounter with Uber Eats the other day. Yeah, did, uh, did you like did you like casually run into one of your Uber Eats drivers on the street? No, no, no. Um, the only person I've ever run into was that one little girl, and we settled that out of court. But mm -hmm. um, I was it was like, let's say I ordered dinner at seven p.m. and I I use I drank my last bottle of Tonson with my dinner. So I'm like, oh, I gotta go buy and or order more of this. I'll do that probably soon. Then I accidentally fall asleep and I wake up at 11.30 at night. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm really thirsty because I just woke up, but I don't have anything. Can I still Uber Eats it? And uh, I check, and thank God I can. They're still delivering that late. So I'm like, okay. So I do that. But then I fall asleep again, and oh. it's you know it's on its way. So, oh, no, the clock's, clock's a ticking, and I'm just in slumberland. And um, my doorbell chime has two chimes on it, like a rising and a falling note. And... Mm -hmm. The second note is the one that woke me up, and uh, luckily I was able to to get get my stuff. So nothing actually happened. It was dangerous, but it was oh, okay. It was dangerous. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. That is that is what you said. You didn't you didn't give me any false promises here. That's right. That's right. I've never lied. No, never. Never. Speaking of <laughs> which, I, I'm now conducting the podcast from my new iPad. <laughs> which i have and um i put i i deliberated about this a lot i had a cover and i'm like what sticker of mine am i gonna put on the cover mm -hmm. it's, it's an important decision you see and mm -hmm. i was i was thinking about the ones the stickers i have from the local sex shop but didn't go with that Ooh, that would be good yeah but instead i put the sticker of that otter joke Oh wow, that's that's perfect. Yeah, and um, now I have that. I'm gonna read the joke live on the show. Read my sticker. This is a sticker reading podcast. My sticker. So it's the sticker is an otter. He's just kind of chilling. He actually he looks rather distraught, and the, t the text says, um, "Uso janayo honto da yo." Which is pretty funny. I'm I'm still angry that that's like that's it's <laughs> a real thing. I, well, not that it's a real thing per se, but that I was vindicated. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it being on a sticker, it's just that no one, there's no one in the world who laughs at that. I can, I mean, I, I can testify as much that nobody laughs at that. <laughs> but uh, it was made for me. It's my sticker. It is your sticker. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. I've got a, a veritable mountain of Play Asia stickers. Oh yeah, what are you gonna stick have, them to? Uh, well, nothing. I don't want. It. I don't want stick. Like, what am I, a child? All right. Here's what you do. You take them all and you go out canvassing, and you um, put them on in decreasing intensity the further out you get from your living space, <laughs> such that somebody could potentially follow them and radiate in on your house. Right. Right, sure. That sounds that sounds great. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. It's a good weekend project. I guess I could just kind of take them out, like go for a walk and just stick them random places. Yeah, that's what I do with change that I don't want. Like if I ever get a um, a one or five yen coin, which I have no use for, mm. I will just go out and leave them on fences or mailboxes or walls. Or you're, you're like a little money fairy. <laughs> I am <laughs> certainly a fairy. <laughs> I uh I did that with uh with Yu-Gi-Oh cards a lot. Yeah. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh fairy. Uh, except instead of instead of going out for like walks around the neighborhood, I would I would go to like the local mall and hide Yu-Gi-Oh cards inside like stuff at Macy's. Okay. And um then I I would wait a week and go back and um listen to the employees complain about how they're still finding Yu-Gi-Oh cards and stuff. Did you uh have a mischievous <laughs> oh yeah 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 and i you know I, I would check the status of the ones that i had set and sometimes they like there were still like plenty that they hadn't found yet now do you did you ever get caught were they on to your game no no you should no, i was uh revive that practice <laughs> it would be pretty fun i might i might actually in my old age you know it's like um a superhero donning his mantle again. I'll uh, attach a dual disc to my arm and run like Forrest Gump to the mall. <laughs> the the dual disc shatters in a dramatic fashion, <laughs> just like his fucking metal legs. <laughs> it all comes back to the Hanks. The Hanks. The, the Hanky Panky. Hank. Hank. The uh Do you watch that Beavis and Butthead movie? No, where they do America? No, where they do the universe. Wait, is that like a sequel? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that a new one? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just referring to the one from the nineties. No. No, uh, they're they're reviving that whole series. Really? Starting with a movie? Mm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's it's really it's really good. <laughs> Excuse me. Now I've never watched Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> wow. It's it's like I don't even know what what is it about. I know what it's about, but what is it about? Well, I mean, you know, the 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 conceit is just like two two ugly guys, two ugly annoying guys try to have sex. <laughs> it's, and they, they it's get the wacky hijinks. Room. um and they're they're both voiced by mike judge actually right who of course is uh supremely talented Mm. 
I don't know. I'm so yeah, it's worth a watch. I'm waiting more for the King of the Hill reboot. Should it ever exist? Yeah, sure, sure. That's uh, that's always tickled me more than the idea of Beavis and Butthead. Beavis or Butthead, really. Someone needs to make a website where we can bet on like cartoons. What's the I next really one bet. to get revived? I, I no no no. What I want to bet on is is whether Bobby is going to be trans in the <laughs> in the reboot. Uh, that's a good bet. I think the odds would be in favor of yes, so no <laughs> would be the winning bet. Yeah. And if not Bobby, it would be like, it would definitely be like one of the kids, like Joseph. Sure. Or Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's telling a slightly different story with a different <laughs> outlook on the issue. Didn't, wait, didn't they already do an episode like that? They did one. He was wearing his like dead wife's dress as a like a coping oh, yeah, mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't. I don't okay. think he was trans. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Nowadays, you can kind of just wear a dress and boom, you know. So, what's Bill's story arc in the revived King of the Hill? Bill get iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I was, we should, uh, I, we was should... I was thinking that he fell prey to like a an MLM scheme or something. It was an MLM scheme. A multi-level marketing like a pyramid scheme. Up like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, you know where you buy a say, bunch say of Say pyramid scheme then, god damn it. No, multi- Stop I think using your fancy big words. I think multi-level marketing is slightly different where like crypto. No, no, you have to buy a lot of product which oh, you, oh. which you then hawk. Like, oh, I'm buying a bunch of cosmetics, which I have to sell. What is that, like a like a hole-in-one? Oh. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm slightly annoyed that that did not take me longer to understand. <laughs> um, We're just fucking mind-poisoned. Yeah, it's, I... Something happened the other day where it occurred to me how irreparable the damage to my 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 psyche is um, yeah but oh well uh question of the week yeah we uh, yeah let's do it we got a question of the week from irma god who says who asks admirals hello what skincare routine do you recommend so that i can get a complexion similar to that of commander data thank you for everything that you do irma well irma it's a great question. I know that in the, you know, when when Brent was getting prepared for the role, it was a lot of lemon juice. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it would it would have to be a, a substantial amount too. Well, it was he was very zesty at the time, such that whenever we were, you know, drinking, we would be like, oh, Brent, stick your finger in my drink for a little bit of that lemon zest. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's right he would happily oblige and he would like sensually lick his finger afterwards um which, kind, of, kind of give you the sex eyes right 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 which with the yellow complexion was even more appealing <laughs> now i i have a bit of a life hack for you okay for for, for, for irma yes um <clears throat> it, rather rather than focus on on your skincare routine i would say if you want to look like data um, you just need to destroy your liver. Ah. Now, right? that does have quite the effect on one's complexion. 
Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the most effective way of sabotaging one's own liver? Um, well, obviously you have alcohol. Okay. I would say alcohol. I want to say actually it's alcohol and Coke at the same time. So like a, like a, like a rum and Coke? No, no, no. Like cocaine. <laughs> oh, so, so like a rum and Coke. Yeah, 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 right, right. Well, you can you can add Coca-Cola in there too to to fuck yourself up even more. But uh yeah, uh I think I think we've talked about this on on the podcast before how how alcohol and coke creates like a like a new substance in your liver or something. Have we talked about this? I've not heard about this. I'm pretty this. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. I mean, I believe you. I don't need I don't need you to fact check. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like coca coca ethylene. Okay. Now that's or something like that sounds like someone's mother. Coca ethylene. Yeah, like ethyl. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello, my name is coca ethylene. Well, with the way names are going these days, you never know. You reach customer service, sir. My name is coca ethylene. How can I not help you today? My name is Bit Trip. <laughs> that sounds like uh sounds like 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 the evil guy in like a video game movie oh it does kind of doesn't it like, like a wreck it ralph type type thing right like wreck it ralph versus bit trip yeah yeah all right i buy it and he's he's, he's like this radical like uh like 80s style gi joe marine type guy he's white he's he's very white very white He's Christian. <laughs> he has good fundamental values. He's uh he's got a good credit score. He's he's married with a you know a wife and two kids. That he still two lives and a half with. kids, two and a half kids and a white picket fence. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there's a bit there somewhere, like someone's half kid. <laughs> it's like it's one of those documentary. Okay, this is the bit. Um, it's like a, a Louis Thoreau. Is that his name? Yeah. And he goes to It might be Theroux. Theroux, okay. And he goes to the house of this family whose lives are completely upended by having to care for their critical half kid who's um <laughs> miss, missing like I don't know the right half or the bottom half, but it the, the amount of medical care required for them just completely destroys the lives of the family. And right. and, and 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 Louis like interviewing them and it's just that's the bit. And, and and he sits down with the kid and he's like, "Do you like having half a body?" <laughs> right. And the kid just can't even talk really because half his mouth is not there. And it's like, yeah, the, the, the kid starts like shrieking and gurgling and like and like the the, the camera does like a close up on Louis's face and he's just like <laughs> sitting there staring at the wall, looking concerned. <laughs> the other half, like where the other half would be, is is an open wound running the length of the body. <laughs> I didn't know what he was trying to say to me, but I did know it was time for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> the the interview with the moms like they always say the idealized American families two and a half kids but they don't know they've never been in this situation <laughs> oh god <laughs> not a bad oh, bit there's there's some really good bits that you could do with Louis Theroux I'm I'm surprised no one's done them before I think it's kind of niche like no one watching saturday night live comedy sketch show i guess is gonna know what a louis 
Thero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be watching like the the My Life with Autism documentary or whatever. They're not going to play it twenty times enough that they can quote it. <laughs> Hard woo we. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So I guess the official readier piece of advice is to destroy one's liver with alcohol and drug use. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That would be it. Um, also, jaundice. Research jaundice. Um, if you're... <laughs> now, now, that sounds like someone's mom. <laughs> it does. Oh, My name is boy. Jaundice Stevens. <laughs> no, no, no. Jaundice Washington. <laughs> and then the, the alternate universe where, where Janet Jackson never escaped poverty. She just became Jaundice Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Janet, no, my name is Jaundice. Oh god, this Mirror Universe episode is terrible. <laughs> She's got a beard and a mustache. <laughs> uh, if you're like Irma and you want us to answer your question on the Readier Room, you can email us your question at the Readier Room at gmail.com. That's with capital T and two capital R's, or you can tweet at the Readier Room on Twitter. Send us a DM and we'll answer your question brothers uh it's break time break time <laughs> we'll be back and we're back back we're back fresh from watching the infamous oregon video right right um people on both sides on both sides that's right uh you know when, when you have a coexist bumper sticker on the back of your car and that has you, uh, interdependence you, written on it. You, you you get into a a public altercation, screaming match in the middle of the street. I'm here to help you work through your anger. <laughs> it's it sounds like the dude did something shitty. I think he like cut her off. I mean, it's a driving dispute. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we've all been there you when an, someone does something shitty on the road. Are you an angry driver? Um. Well, I don't drive. Would you be? Yes. Okay. Insanely, I, I would. I would be the kind of person who who gets out of uh, who gets out of the car. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe it's better you don't drive. That's the thing. Yeah, I, it, it, little things piss me off so much, especially the little things people do. Like I, I get mad when someone eats funny. Right. Someone. You know, someone or like, or like. Go ahead. Or, or like you know when they make like a specific kind of typing noise. I get mad when people leave the um, the typing noise on their phone on, so you hear like click, <laughs> click, 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 click. That pisses yeah, yeah. me off. Um, but <laughs> you're definitely the type of guy that someone cuts you off, and then you go home and just hit your wife. Yeah, well, no, I would probably follow them. Okay, and hit their wife? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm definitely the kind of, like, honestly, there have been times where, like, I've even been a passenger, and I, I'm, I've been thinking, like, I would probably just ram my car right into them just out of spite. I, I, I This might disappoint you, but I'm very slow to anger behind the wheel. Well, that doesn't disappoint me at all. That's a good thing. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm legitimately surprised to hear you say that. Um, Remember that time you almost got us killed in that parking lot? Was this about driving? What? Yeah, no, no. Like We were driving through a parking lot and like... <laughs> Some guy almost fucking T-boned us. Yeah! 
and it was my side. <laughs> uh, it was there was a lot going on. That guy, that guy was going too fast. That wasn't your fault, but yeah, that <sighs> was funny. Um, do you remember driving in that one car that would like shut down every time it stopped? Yeah, yeah. People would like laugh at us having to push it backwards. <laughs> That was that was that was a really fun time. Uh, the past, the ephemeral past. The the things we did for Popeyes and alcohol. Yes, I would still do a lot for Popeyes and alcohol. Mm-hmm. No cap. But I won't do that. <laughs> brothers. Popeyes is bussin'. Oh yeah, brothers. Popeyes is bussin'. Brothers are bussin'. Bussers. Brothers. So, yeah, I mean, you, you hear this title, you see data, you know exactly what this is going to be about. And then it is about that. It's, a, it's, it's exactly about that. It's, it's about data getting a cosmetic facelift to look black. <laughs> <laughs> then him One and, of those movies. Him and War for Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's an open AI story for for later. Stick that one uh, in the back pocket. Or, or it's, you know, it's got to be him and Jordy. Yes, really. Jordy, Worf, and Data just form a trio of brothers. Yeah, sure, they, sure. They make like a rap group. <laughs> <laughs> that's inspired. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, brothers. Um, good episode. Decent episode. Decent. I um I thought it worked on a downwards trajectory. I thought the most compelling stuff was at the beginning. With, really? Uh, with Data's um hostile takeover of the ship. I thought I thought that everything the rest of the crew did was for the most part stupid. Oh yeah? Yeah, it all it, it, I don't know, it felt too convenient. Like I don't know. I don't know, to me, most of the things that the crew can do are reliant, and the most of the things they ever do are reliant on just telling the computer to do things. So I suppose so. Data locking them out of that, maybe it's a little too convenient, but it, it still made sense. Picard just feels really passive here in a way that it usually isn't. Right. Yeah, I buy that. But for the most part, when you look at it without knowing what's going to happen, I find it to be a fairly tense scene. Like, Data just, just yeah, go sure, goes sure. off without any explanation. And, uh, well, the thing is, I may be biased, mm -hmm. but um, I, I feel like, like I said, knowing knowing the name of this episode, I feel like you know what's going to happen. You know Lore's going to show up, but... Yeah, I, I guess you don't know, like, the Doctor is on the planet or right. whatever. I, I think if you just went in knowing and thinking about the title, you would assume that Lore has hacked Data somehow. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, it's not quite what you get. So even then, it's a little bit subversive in a sense. But just, just I think it's it's tense. Um, that scene goes on for quite a while, and uh, throughout the whole thing, Data's motives are unknowable, and uh, how much danger the crew may or may not be in. He uh, he impersonates Picard's voice, right? Brent, that's, Brent that's the first time he's done an impersonation. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's the first time he's done an impersonation since the uh, the pilot. So did he, he, do it he had to pilot? kind of relearn that. Yeah, yeah. I forget who he did it. Huh. Who, like who who he was though. Um, 
but he, yeah. he did an impression of somebody? Yeah. Huh. Brent, comedic genius. We get more of that later, more of his uh, great acting. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we get even more of his comedic genius in his uh, famous YouTube series. Yes, which is, um, for fans of Curb Your Enthusiasm, just a great watch. <laughs> Where, uh, you know, Brent Spiner, I guess, rapes a child or something, and now, now his life is ruined. Was that, um, was that a show, or is that just one of the cast parties? <laughs> uh, Brent was never that kind of guy. Oh, yeah, he didn't like parties that much. No. He did all that at home. One thing I really dislike about this episode and, you know, about this sort of thing in any episode, I really hate, like, ticking clocks. Yeah, they. it's very hard for one to just not feel contrived. Right? Yeah. Very rarely does it feel earned, I suppose. Yeah, well, it's 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 too convenient a way to introduce some kind of tension where there really is none. So is your... Like, just have a chill episode, whatever. Is your least favorite show of all time 24? Well, I, I kind of hate that for other reasons. I see. I mean, well, like, 24 is, is, like, the show that, like, basically spawned all of these, like, weird, like, operator fetishist guys. You know what I mean? Operator fetishist? I've not... Who, who, think, who think they're, like, you know, like, like they, they think that they could, like, go to fucking the Middle East tomorrow and, like, blow people up or whatever. Did you... Ba- basically Steven Seagal type dudes. Yeah, I have the image. I just never heard the term operator. Oh, oh, wow, you got a rabbit hole to go down. Jeez. Um, did you see that uh, documentary on YouTube about the um, one of those guys, basically? The Oki one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I watched it. I liked it. Was it was pretty good. Yeah. So, they're operators. Now, these people who... These aren't people who fetishize connecting uh, people on phone lines. No, 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 no. I see. No, that's, far from that. That's a different... Uh, different kind of fetish. operator. Yes. Yeah, yeah, different fetish. <laughs> um, so there's actually, and this might shock you, more than one set of brothers in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, <clears throat> it's actually the first scene. This uh, we're in the meeting room, and this very extremely Jewish child walks in. <laughs> I, he didn't register as extremely Jewish to me. I, I well, was, you, wasn't looking you for gotta it. You got to fix your radar there, buddy. Yeah, that's that's my problem. <laughs> my my NF Judar. Yeah, yeah. And uh he's uh sentenced his brother to death inadvertently. Inadvertently, that's right. And um it's he he pulled a prank which in, involved his brother getting uh infected by parasites. Which, honestly, <laughs> as far as pranks go, is pretty funny. <laughs> well, and and here's the chain of events, which is ridiculous. the the, the kid The kid makes his younger brother think that um, said younger brother killed him. Right by putting like a a blood packet in his. Yeah, shirt. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the little kid thinks he shot his brother and killed him. The little kid is traumatized and runs away. And somewhere, you know, in the middle of running away and freaking out, he decides, I'm hungry. And he just eats something off a tree. 
if I was the kid that was being brought up on this charge, I, w I would have a good argument that that is not my fault. Well, not only is it not his fault, I don't think that would ever happen. Like, yeah. You're like an, you're like an eight-year-old, and, and you, just, you think you just killed your brother? You're, you're not going to, like, you'd be sick to your stomach. You wouldn't stop to eat a fucking berry. Right. So, already contrived. And wouldn't you know it, this contrivance is the, um, the key of the ticking clock that comes up later. Right, right. But there's a scene of the, the perpetrator kid and Riker um, in the conference room, which is kind of a strange, not a strange setting, but it's a strange scenario, I think. <laughs> it's yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Right. I don't I don't think it's bad, but it's certainly unique amongst what you typically see in TNG. It's 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 weird to see like uh the the commander of the ship admonishing some like civilian child. Right. And there there's like this line about a backstory of their parents aren't on the ship, but they let the children stay on, which is yeah, also yeah. strange. Um Right. It's like we just fought the Borg. <laughs> well yeah not only that but it's like i'm pretty sure like the the kids are with their parents solely for the convenience of keeping the families together right there's no reason for the kids to stay on the ship then whose responsibility are there apparently they're rikers do you think riker makes a good father <laughs> no but i know he makes a good daddy <laughs> well he's he'll be the first to tell you that breaks <laughs> Um, speaking of which, actually, one of the cut scene, cut lines, I guess, from the scene made reference to the the juice prime noctis law. That uh, are you familiar with this? This is not no. This is not something is we made up. This is a real thing. It's Latin. Um, it refers to the first officer's right to have sex with anybody caught breaking certain rules aboard a oh. ship or a starship. In this case, we're okay. So this this. Wasn't good. What was it? Was this going to be like a teenage girl before or something? No, no. Um, this was the only thing changed about the script, but it was. Uh, it ended up getting cut. I think the Latin was too confusing for our audience. Um, yeah, they probably would have thought it's like an alien language, right? Like, why did Riker start speaking Klingon? He's not Klingon. He doesn't mm -hmm. know Klingon, right? And uh, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't work. So we ended up cutting it. Following this, now Troy is also there in what is like the the <laughs> first clear example of her doing her job like correctly, I guess. You know? Yeah, sure. It's like Troy's actually counseling someone, a kid that definitely needs it. Like, great. Mm -hmm. Justified Troy's existence against all odds. Yeah. Yeah, but she still doesn't really do anything else. I mean, all of her counseling is uh, off-screen, I guess. That's what the episode should have been. Just yeah, that, that can be the B-plot. Of, of counseling. Yeah. You, you could make that work. I imagine um, it's kind of like a flashback episode where something happened in the past and it traumatized or affected the crew in some way that they're all getting counseling and through the counseling it, you learn the story of what happened is it like a rashomon type thing yes actually that's, that's exactly <laughs> it you, you sound so tired asking that question <laughs> i've had a lot of uh, rashomon related discussions recently like that episode of king of the hill king of the hill 
This is basically an episode of King of the Hill that I'm describing. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Uh, where they, they're working at a firehouse that burns down. And all of them give their accounts on the event. And uh, when Boomhauer gives his, the flashback shows everybody but Boomhauer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Strangely. Yes, that's right. I remember that now. That was a funny bit. Uh, so, yeah, th then Data starts trying to take over the ship, or he succeeds in, in beginning to take over the ship, and he, you know, gets everyone off the bridge because he, you know, they're going to die. Yeah. They don't. The whole scene was just and, uh, a repayment to Brent. Didn't write him into the last episode. In this episode, he destroys everybody and gets his way. Right, right, yeah. Nobody can stop the powerful data. I think uh, I think he was consulted very heavily on, on the writing of this episode. Right. Um, we had to cut the guitar solo he wanted data to play, but other than that. Yeah, that's unfortunate, too. Yeah, it, it would have been bitchin' if uh, he's to be believed. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we, what we were going to do, I mean, what would have had to have been done is um, obviously Brent couldn't play the guitar. So, um, you know, we, we'd have a recording that we'd kind of uh, overlay in post and um, Brent would be obviously playing the uh, the wrong uh, strings completely on uh, on the on the footage. Similar to the violin. Let's, 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 check, let's check his violin. Yeah. Oh, well. Data probably could play a bitchin' guitar in my there's, head, there's a, head canon. A really inspired... So everyone's scrambling around trying to get access back. And there's a really inspired scene that I think um, only exists because they built like a tenth of a set where we, we have a... Uh, oh, the, the ladder. Yes! Yes. <laughs> Very inspired directing. I liked I liked you know the, the the shot looking down on everyone, but then there's a shot that is looking back up, and no one is in the frame, and they're just like talking about like oh something's going wrong, and it hangs on it. I thought that was fine, not great, but fine. But when the right when Riker has the line that's like now what are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost like comedic. Yes. <laughs> um certainly the most noteworthy visual of the episode yeah 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 for sure uh so yada 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 i mean i don't think anything really super special it's worth noting uh takes place between data hijacking the ship and beaming down no it like i said it's a scene i very much enjoy but it's not um it's like that There's not scene, much to really talk about. Do you remember that scene in in that episode of the guy <laughs> um, where there's like a fugitive on the ship and he's trying to escape yeah. and he's oh, crawling through ducks and whatnot. And it's yeah. just that for 10 minutes. It's basically that, but of a higher yeah. quality, I would say. Mostly yeah, because definitely. of the tension with it being data. Yeah. So Data beams down to a planet that he has hijacked the Enterprise to take him to. And yeah, yeah. It's like a jungle planet? It's like... um. It is, yeah, it's where, very where, jungly. Where does Yoda live? Dagobah. It looks like Dagobah. It doesn't really look like Dagobah. <laughs> is that your official correction? It's like, yeah, but no, like, I mean, it's... Uh... It looks like Dagobah. <laughs> There's no swamp there. 
It's swampy. It's it's not swampy. It's foresty. It's swampy. It's green. It's foresty. It's not swampy. It's green. It's a green. Dagobah's like gray. What? You you don't remember Star Wars very well. (sighs) No, this this it was this how it was interpreted in Lego Star Wars. Is that is that the the issue here? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, anyway, I, I stand by Dagobah being green. He lands on the planet. He walks inside this this house, and uh, there's an old guy here, and and this is, is that Trent or that was uh that was that was Kent that was Kent, Kent. Right. um yeah this this kind of this episode made history really um because we finally united the the Spiner triplets on screen it's yeah. kind of a big deal so you know we we got Trent back for lore um. We got we got Kent joining in as uh, Doctor Noonien Sung, and um, it was great because you know we we had Kent portraying obviously a really old guy, um, which which worked really well because um, Brent and Trent had kind of sandwiched him in the womb and he, he came out a lot shorter, so we didn't really have to do too much work in uh, in you know kind of uh, building up this this discrepancy in their statures. It's nice when these things, you know, these uh, complications, some would say, uh, come together to, to make art. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, yeah, D- Data walks in there, and, and you see this old guy, and you, you immediately know who he is, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, the makeup is... Not, jeez. Not good. It's rough. He, he can barely move his face. And it's not like an... Uh... You know, oh, he suffered a stroke in the past, kind of thing. It's uh, it's not intentional. Right, right. Well, no, you know, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe, maybe that's part of the lore. Is that your head cannon? Doctor Noonien Soon suffered a stroke. There's a Noonien Soon uh novel. Ah, in the apocrypha. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I had always pictured Noonien Soon as being Asian. Well, the name is very Korean, right? And uh, I think that at, at one point, like that's what we were casting for, was an Asian dude. Yeah, but I mean, what was it? Kent Kent said he could, you know, tape his eyes, but <laughs> yeah, we, we we did a few test runs, and uh, I th- I think we decided it wouldn't get past sensors. Right. No, no where are the sensors? Sensors. Yeah, yeah, we we were originally going to have an Asian guy, I think, but uh, I I think I think Brent kind of had his way with uh, with the casting here as well. He said, "You will cast Kent." He said it just like that. Yes, yeah, you will cast Kent. And uh, yeah, so uh, Data wakes up after uh, the doctor performs some kind of dental operation on him. He sticks a stick into his mouth and turns it. And <laughs> like I, I, I'll talk about this for a second. It annoys me how little effort was paid to making that look like a a technical maneuver. Yeah, sure. Because it, it's just you can see the stick is just hanging in his mouth, not touching or doing anything. Right. And it's like he just ratchets it. <laughs> okay. That shit was ratchet. That, oh, that shit was ratchet. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. And, but Data uh, wakes up and they they kiss. Right, they're like, "Oh, Dad, Father." 
I thought Daddy. You, I thought you were dead. And I don't even remember what his response to that was. He's like, I'm not. You know, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, his, his response was like, oh, like basically that he always has a contingency plan to, to escape from somewhere. Lest the crystalline entity show up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I'd be running from a snowflake. Did the crystalline entity show up yet? Yeah. Was it in Farpoint? No. No, it was in Datalore. I barely remember that episode. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only episode at all related to this? <laughs> Why was Datalore required viewing? Yes. Did you rewatch Datalore? No. Well, that's right. No, because we already watched it. We we already met the requirements. Yeah, like a year ago. So? Actually, I think it was longer than a year ago at this point. Jesus. How long have we been disgusting. doing this show? Three years? <laughs> Way too long. Too long. Um, yeah, the, the, the set and prop guys obviously had a, a lot of fun designing this room. Yeah, that's why we couldn't afford anything but the ladder on the other set. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. All all the effort went into this. I think I think uh we rented like a dinosaur skull from a museum. Um one of the uh like we we were really going over budget. So one of the prop guys raided his uh, his son's room for the for the bulk of the uh the dinosaur paraphernalia, right? Little toys and stuff. The little volcano set. Um and we never got around to filming this specifically, but um Dr. Soong's room was also decked out with a uh, a race car bed. Which would have sold the image of uh, you know, the eccentric genius that we were looking for. Right, right, right. And, um, I mean, this extends even to the to the books on his shelf. I mean, if, if you look really carefully, um, you can see uh, Brent's personal copy of The Bell Curve. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of collaborative effort went into giving this room, like, a lot of character. And character and, uh, it has. Yeah, you know, Kent spends a lot of his time uh, talking to Data. He'll he'll walk around, he'll pace around the room just fidgeting with these things. Which, I, I can't tell if it's cute or annoying. But a little both. You want to know a secret? Yeah, oh, absolutely. In watching it this time, I did not notice any of the dinosaur paraphernalia in the set. And was thus <laughs> very confused at the end of the episode. <laughs> you serious? He literally picks up like dinosaur toys and starts like mashing them together. Well, <laughs> I was apparently looking away at that time. No, you were watching GDQ. That's all I do these days. I watch GDQ, I donate, and then I jack off. <laughs> you, you, do you uh, include a little rhyme with your donation? Yeah, I um, I say enough of this fut. Let's kick cancer's butt. But I always make sure that the the um, the tempo of the rhyme doesn't work. Like one line is as much longer than the other one, because <laughs> yeah. I think that really heightens the the work. You, you ever see? Uh, and this is like exclusive to like being extremely online. But when when you see people like try to make parody songs, yeah, and, and they just have no do that. Yes, no concept of um, I don't know lyricism tempo. Uh, rhythm yes anything right right it's bad drives me nuts and then people respond that's amazing 
I I can't. I think what one of the things in this world that of ours that annoys me the most is when people get um, praise from the uninformed about substandard work. Yeah, sure, sure. Like it's very annoying. Somebody's like shitty drawing, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, you're such a good artist," right. and, <laughs> right. and and they're like, "Oh, you know, it's nothing. Thank you, but uh, I'm not that good." And uh, I, their work is just dog shit. It's dog shit, and nobody yeah, tells it them. Looks, looks like looks like Chris Chan on a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it annoys me so, so so. No, it's toxic positivity. No, it's not because they're not like feigning anything. They're just dumb that they think it's actually good well you don't know that well i don't know that but in my in my head canon <laughs> the people you've made up yeah <laughs> i hate those guys <laughs> no, i i genuinely think most of the time it is feigning well i mean that's also annoying but for different reasons yeah yeah well yeah either way it's annoying yes you uh you cannot abide by that i can't and i won't cannot and will not so we uh, we we cut back to the Enterprise, and they I guess they they get like nominal control of of the systems, but Data's locked it with a password, right? Right. Picard's and, like uh, control code. I don't remember my control code. It's like twenty characters long. <laughs> data. I I think the password Data puts in is like impossible to guess, like statistically. Right. It's it's super uh, long and like literally letters and numbers. Yeah. So um, they're stuck without data. They have this little ticking clock bubble boy. Yeah, the kid um, with the parasite needs to get to a hospital now or he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. Despite them and, uh, never taking an effort to make him look sick. No, no, he's, he always looks completely fine, which, you know what, I'm fine with that. I don't, honestly, there's something unnerving about seeing a child even feign sickness for TV. I don't, I don't know. It's disturbing to me. Does it, um, um, it uh, triggers your, your pop bear response? Yeah, I don't know why that's where I draw the line, but uh, I don't know. Um, this this kid has the most annoying accent of all time. Yeah, don't you think? Like the way that, I don't know. He like he he says stuff all pouty like this. Yeah, I mean, I guess he just sounds like a stupid kid. Yeah, but I don't know. There's something about it that just makes me want to slap him. <laughs> um. <laughs> Man, you want to slap but everybody, women, children. A, a, a few important points about this first scene uh, where, where we first see uh, Crusher treating him, right? Um, Is that when he's in the in the incubator? Yeah, he's in the incubator. Um, That's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 well, he's an egg. He's about to hatch. Oh, I see. God, keep him away from Reddit. <laughs> Crusher's like bringing him dresses and stuff. Oh no! But do you uh, like this yet? Do you like it yet? His presence is why the working title of this episode was Three Brants and a Baby." Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I I think there were plans to to have them kind of go on a like a, a a romping adventure. Yeah, the kid would crawl around the Enterprise and like yeah, you know, trigger things that would fall on Worf. <laughs> Stick his fingers in like electric sockets. Like, uh, okay, how about this? Data's walking along with like a, a tray of tea and cookies and cakes and whatnot, and the kid like accidentally starts a force field. Data walks into it, and the cakes go everywhere, and the tea goes everywhere. Like, oh! 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We just basically we just get a home alone on the Enterprise. Right. <laughs> that I was, sounds excruciating. I was home alone on the Enterprise once. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole story. <laughs> um, I I, I want to bring up a couple points here. Uh huh. The, the the first being um. So we're. The Star Trek universe takes place in a, a cosmopolitan, like, one government world. Right. Right, Earth, rather. Um, so, why why does April Fool's Day still exist? Explain. Well, I mean, you, wouldn't you think that there's some element of Western hegemony going on here? Because it's like, you have all these other holidays, wouldn't you, like, just axe April Fool's Day? Sure. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, it's but... a little weird, isn't it? There's, there's no surprise to me that Star Trek's future exists with a Western focus. <laughs> Not... No, but it is somewhat disappointing. It is. I mean, it's we've had nothing but disappointment for Star Trek's portrayal of the future. And it's like, everyone talking about the idealistic Star Trek future, it's like, what, where everybody is America? Yeah, yeah, basically. It's like, okay, everyone's white. Well, hey, you know what? Actually, I could kind of get behind this. <laughs> Everyone has Western values. Um, <laughs> they only note Western customs. Unless they're exotic enough to be worth focusing an episode on. Like Chakotay's yeah, sure, spirit sure. journey or whatever. Right, yeah. <laughs> you love that. Hate it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, totally. They, they, they still treat, like, um, you know, uh, foreign, like, Earth, our, our contemporary foreign cultures as just as foreign right as as they are now <laughs> it's it's incredible there's absolutely no blending going on if no. if anybody has an ethnic name it's because they look that ethnicity there's no yes. like white person with a uh, with an african name or whatever um, sure sure everything about it the multiculturalism is so nominal and poorly thought out that i i, I have yeah. no idea why people praise it as much as they do yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. You're right about that. It's disappointing. It's, yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, I guess it's just another thing in, in Trek that you need to just not think about. Which are among my favorite things. The things I don't <laughs> the, need to think about. These are a few of my favorite things. Uh, so, so, yeah, we got languages. We got uh, events that happened after the 21st century or during it after the year 2022 at this point uh and this great future i can't wait to look and who programs the replicators <laughs> <laughs> and oh and, and who watches the watchers right uh, these are these are all menial jobs done by the proles <laughs> i sentence you to 10 years of watching the watchers it's it's um it's like that court scene. <laughs> God damn it! It's like that court scene in um, uh, Farpoint where it's like all those mutant people. <laughs> yeah, they're like a midget with a Fu Manchu. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's that's that is uh that's the lower class that's um, the, of of Star Trek. That's a more inspired future than Star Trek's. Yeah, sure. Like, show me that fucking Mad Max world. I mean, they, yeah, they, it's 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 the proles. They live in the the undercity, uh, harvesting ecto ecto shards of ecto gloop, or something, in exchange for 
uh, 0.001% of a credit. A social credit. So, yeah, yeah, social credit. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That we haven't touched upon that either. I guess uh I guess they they would have some kind of social credit system, wouldn't they? Why else would people do good? Right. Well, you know, they are American. They're not Chinese. They don't need that incentive. They'll just do good by themselves. That's right. And everybody is American these days. Yeah. Which is what's really important in the world. So we we also got a lot of uh we got a lot of letters. Yes, as we often do. As we, as we often do, this time from concerned doctors um, who we're, we're kind of getting up our ass about um, Crusher not wearing gloves in the quarantine box. Right. You know, and you, you can make up all these different arguments. like oh, you know, the, the force fields. The force fields, like decontaminate or whatever. Um, but the, the general consensus of these letters was that... Uh, if if Willie had had AIDS, the entire crew would have been infected this episode. Mm. Well, especially the so. first version of the uh, opening scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened next? Lore shows up. Lore shows up. In his second appearance from Data Lore. Yeah, it was now, it was nice to see Trent again. Now, what happens in Data Lore? They're like, "Oh, you left me in a uh, in a ship." Yeah, he, he, what? He, yeah, he like ejects him out into space. Is that what happened? What, what was the plot? Did I watch this episode? What happened? Yeah, in you're Data just. Lore? Uh, I kind of forget, but Lore eventually tries to blow up the Enterprise with the crystalline entity. Oh yes, okay. He shows up. He tricks Data. He's like, "I'm a good Data." And then yeah, Data, yeah, yeah. Data's like, "You're a bad data." <laughs> um, and I think there's, I think there's a moment where you know they're like in the shuttle bay, and you know they're both pointing at each other, and and like Riker's holding a phaser, and they're like, "I'm data." No, I'm data. That does happen, doesn't it? Good lord! Isn't there a point um, where uh, Data's in the room and and Lore turns him off? Yes. Okay. And then they find Data later, and they turn him on, and Data's yes. like. Because because Laura is impersonating Data, right? Yeah, like he does in this episode. Yeah, that's that's like his one trick. Yeah, you would think that Data would like alter himself to not be so impersonatable. How how would he alter himself? Do you think? Oh, um, I don't know. He's getting a hair change. That too. That too. <laughs> Just something like okay, so Laura has emotion, but Data doesn't. So Data would have to. Uh, alter himself to look very embarrassing, like uh, just a terrible existence, such that Lore, if he were to impersonate Data, he would feel the embarrassment of looking like that. Yeah. Okay. It's a solid uh, yeah, I can plan, see that. right? I now I now I I want I'm I'm gonna write an open AI story about uh, the, this exact episode, but but Data wakes up and and requests that the doctor give him a sex change. You know, I want to look at the um your history on the open AI and see how many of those stories involve a sex change of some sort. <laughs> it's only Data. <laughs> <laughs> what is Data's name if he was a female? Uh, Datarella. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you, Data. You know, you know if, um, if Data, if Data was, was a woman, 
Like, if the character was cast as a woman, uh, every Star Trek fan would be jacking off over her. Right. This, um, it's kind of a... Oh, my, my autistic cutie wife. It's a seven of nine situation, right? Well, kind of. But, but Data's even... Data's even more into, like, the autistic spectrum. Right. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. People just love women that are autistic for some reason. Well, they, 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 love, they love women who, like, are incompetent. Okay. And can't take care of themselves, you know what I mean? Well, no, this is two, these are two different loves. There's definitely a, an audience of people that like that incompetent women that they, woman that they could ostensibly um, help. But there's also the people that love a woman that they can project onto like oh she's yeah sure she, she's autistic like me but she's a she's a cute woman that people like right 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 well i know and this this is how you go down the rabbit hole and start taking uh uh hormone suppressors oh no right you speaking from experience <laughs> yeah you know me <laughs> but it is isn't it it yeah. is yeah i suppose i mean i'm thinking of um what is that one anime with the uh the dirty disgusting girl uh Watamode? yeah that's it um yeah. people love that character not yeah i assume some of them because they want to fix her but other ones are like it's just like me just like me but she's a girl right yeah and you know, funny thing is um you know that's that's that uh, that author's own, the only thing she's ever done that's taken off so it's kind of her her uh money maker right uh -huh. um so obviously you end you end up running out of awkward situations for this girl to get in mm -hmm. so she actually changed it so that now like now she has friends okay. and it's like a slice of life about this group of friends and people went nuts in anger yes huh. <laughs> because <laughs> because she got friends and they are unable to Yes, yeah, it's amazing. I love it. That's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's it's like in a, in a lot of other stories where they depict the characters having sex or getting a boyfriend, and everyone just loses their collective mind at that. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. The, the number of people who are like, "Why? Why do we need sex scenes in movies?" Can't stand it. And it's <laughs> it's this discussion always is broached by referring to them as unnecessary sex scenes yeah 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 <laughs> as if as if any scene in a movie is necessary right. in and of itself but it's like with this pretense like i don't mind sex scenes if they're necessary but they're they're just never right. necessary right right and it's just oh. these people can't fathom like a, an emotional arc or character development or really just emotion in general really well, being, being a normal human being basically right i mean you sleep, you eat, you shit, you have sex. That's what being a normal human being is. No, it's you sleep, you eat, you shit, and you post on the internet about how lonely you are. <laughs> you should post on 4chan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my favorites is uh, the, uh, the, the the cliche of like a guy goes to a bar, looks a woman in the eyes, and then it cuts to them having sex. Okay. What about yeah, that's it? That's it. Oh, okay. That's it. Well, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of people like cite that as like a, a generic uh uh intro to a sex scene which i don't think i don't think it's ever happened in the history of films ever i i struggle to think of a movie where that's actually happened no i um, i can't either the only one i could possibly think of and this isn't like 
an actual movie. It's just like a setup that I could see happening. Is there's a little more to it than that, but it's only to depict a character that is um, living a a certain lifestyle, a hedonistic lifestyle. Right. Like this is a. Uh, it's so little attention is paid to the development of it because it's so regular and un yes. uh, unnoteworthy for that character. Yes. Yes. In which case, it and would it, not be unnecessary. <laughs> right. There you go. That's character development. That's that's introducing you to uh, to our protagonist. Right or or deuteragonist, if you will, or antagonist, really. If it's or a... what's 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 the third one? Oh yeah, or antagonist if it's an incel movie. I have no idea what it is. I, well, I only like last year learned the term deuteragonist, and believe me, <laughs> everyone made fun of me for that. Duty ragonist. <laughs> He's the one that shits a lot. <laughs> He's the shitter. It's one of uh, Batman's villains. The shitter. <laughs> he just leaves a big turd wherever he's been. Wherever he commits crimes, he just leaves a big turd. I feel like the shitters. This is the work of the shitter. We we can't go a single a single episode of this without talking about shit. Well, we are talking about Star Trek. <laughs> um, lore brought all this on. Yeah. So lore shows up. And he shows up and, subdued, much like Data did. He needs to be re reawakened. Yeah, and uh, you know, Data's like, don't, don't. Uh, he's don't a bad do guy. He's, he's he's a fucking evil. And then and then the doctor reactivates Laura because uh, because he just does okay. Because quote, he'll listen to me. I can right. fix him. Right. I I've always found the performance of Trent to be very obnoxious as Laura. Perhaps intentionally, so? yeah, but it's it's a type of um, I, I don't really know how to describe this, like intentional emoting such that I have to emote enough to differentiate him from Data. Like nothing about this character can be subdued because if it is, it'll just look like Data. I, I find it very theatrical. I like it. Yeah, yeah. You know. hate you hate Brent. Well, I mean, this is Trent. Oh yeah, sorry, Trent. I do hate Trent. You hate Trent and you hate Brent. I I like Data more than I like either of them. And let me spoiler it, I'm not too fond of Dr. Noonan Soon either. <laughs> that old bag. Off and wrong soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. A little a little great piece of meta writing there. We're like, oh this rhyme doesn't even work. Isn't that weird? <laughs> the, the deadline for the script is in two minutes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's there's like a little squabble where Lore is like, well, you know, why why did you abandon me? Yada yada yada. I don't know. What do you think about this stuff? I thought it was good. The family drama. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was neat. It was cute. It was fine. I didn't. The problem is, the problem is, it, it goes nowhere. Right. Really. Right. There is no actual development, aside from maybe Data learning that he didn't get the weak recessive genes, uh, <laughs> or whatever. Explanation yeah, 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 it was. yeah. Oh, th there was a scene where where the doctor says like he's he's about to die, like he's dying, and then like Laura actually like has this like he actually seems like distressed by it. Right. Which, which which was interesting, but 
But also, like, he never acts that way again. He just acts angry. And, after it, that. and then he throws this, this, that same man into, like, a fucking window or whatever in the very next scene. Well, that, that, was, that was after the, the chip was put into him that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. The double emotion chip? Like, why did, why did he want that? Yeah, I don't know. Look, here's the thing. A lot of discussion goes into this episode, goes into the idea that Laura is like somehow broken or like not operating correctly. Okay. But we're never told why that is. Like, what about him? I mean, yeah, he's a selfish asshole, but he's he could just be a selfish ass. Like, right. Why, for, why does why does he? He himself feel like he needs fixing. He seems to be operating just fine. He wants something, he tries to get it. Yeah, right. there's not enough paid to um, Lore's, I don't know, emotional state, ironically enough. Yeah. Just that he has emotions, yeah. but you don't really know how he feels about anything himself, his situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we're, we're told that he's like, oh, I want you to fix me. But he never seems to be conflicted about his actions. Right. Fix him how, really? Is, does he not like being evil? Is that it? Because <laughs> right, right. that's his only real <laughs> defect. Yeah, which is something he could just be like, okay, I guess I should stop being a douche. Right. But he's like, no, I'm going to throw Dr. Nunez soon into a fucking window. Like, maybe, maybe get therapy? You know, I, know. I, know, I know a great counselor. So, <laughs> well, she can't read his mind, so. Oh God. Um, yeah. So so he wants this chip that that is going to give data emotions for completely nebulous reasons. He wants it so data can't have it, and the character doesn't change at all. <laughs> and this plot point is used again, if I recall, later on. Yeah. No, it's used a few times. I think it's used in one of the movies, and data actually gets it, it in it, one of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, like Trent's singing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That scene, that scene was. Uh, we actually cut that scene down for time, but it was it was going to be like, uh, or it was originally filmed to be th about three times longer. I think it's the whole song. Yeah, and then uh, you know Kent would just kind of stare at him and and do nothing. Right. Yeah. Not a moat. Not really say anything. Just stare. Well, that was Kent's specialty. <laughs> that's that's why we covered him in makeup. Didn't really change anything. I I, I wrote this down. It's kind of uh -huh. not related to anything, but date like uh, that that scene where Data is talking to Soong and he asks him, you know, why did you make me? Mm -hmm. And he quotes quotes Michelangelo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is weird that he quoted the Ninja Turtle, but um. The it, it always it often cuts over to, to Brent making this like autistic concerned face. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think obviously he's made this face before, but I feel like I only really started to appreciate how much this reminds me of just like all the autistic people I've met in my life. <laughs> they're they're completely <laughs> they, they all make this face, and it's just an inappropriate response to someone's emotional moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like they they feel like they should be concerned, so they try to make it look like they are. It's the face they practiced in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. 
there's a there, there's a throwaway line from uh from lore about how he uh he was rescued by a pack led trade ship which i found kind of funny i want to see that episode yeah right <laughs> lore dealing with the pack leads you are smart <laughs> and then lore is like a maniacal bent to him yes i am smart <laughs> <laughs> Now, did the Packlids, did they run their, uh, their, uh, grift on lore? That's my question. Right, right. They, they should have just disassembled them. Used them for parts? Yeah, like Jawas. Is that what Jawas do? Yeah. I thought they were, like, traders, like, financial guys that got very... Yeah, but they'll, like, they'll, like, disassemble stuff It's with more separate or something but how do they do he only had like these small little t-rex arms huh well you know he's like lying there inside of his palace and he's got these small little arms and uh he didn't seem very technical. that's that's java that's java oh i see not what did you say java not java uh, okay uh-huh i see Sorry. Anyway. Um, I feel like you're going to cut contact with me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we 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 have this uh this other other uh brother story. Right. Unfolding on the Enterprise where uh uh Willie won't talk to his brother. And we had to go over this a lot that there was a parallel between you know, those brothers, the Data brothers, and the title of the episode, like, mm. I told him, like, five or six times, but Patrick just couldn't understand what, what yeah. that meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were a few people who really uh, could not make the connection between the two plots. Right. And then... Uh, Even in the end. Yeah. Like, what What the hell? You gotta spell it out for you? Like, what do you think the dinosaurs are for? Well, in not seeing them in the in the set, I thought they were for a romping good time. <laughs> Where do you think Data got them from? I thought he went shopping or replicated them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, think? What do you think of Data and Laura's brotherly relationship? It's a. Uh... underdeveloped yeah i want to see them you know, go play catch again well <laughs> by virtue of uh you know i i want to i want to see uh, i want to see lore give data a noogie wedgie a wedgie yeah by virtue again of, of lore lore's emotional state really not being sufficiently explained i mean there's this bit at the end where the crusher is like brothers forgive but it's like well, there's nothing for Data to really forgive, even from our perspective, because it's like, is Lore just like an evil force of nature? Right, like Data has not... Does he have any redeeming qualities? Data doesn't have the capacity to hold grudges nor forgive. Well, there's that too. So it's it's really like a, uh, a moot point. Yeah, well, we're supposed to be projecting here, I think. Right, right. Um... There was, there should have been a, like a dinner scene at Soong's house. Yeah. 
where uh uh-huh. you know soon is at at one end and you know the brothers are kind of like staring each other down across the table and like mm-hmm. lore kicks data and data does that like eyebrow thing where he's like huh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh after dinner noon sits data on his lap and burps him <laughs> For dinner, like soon comes over with like an old timey oil can and it's like tips it in the data's ear. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes over to Laura and Laura snaps, I can do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the more we talk about this episode, the less I kind of like it. Because I, I like the idea of it, but the execution is just not quite there. Right. That's why I felt the beginning was stronger. Because the uh, the stuff at the Soong household is is underdeveloped. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I I just liked the idea so much that it, it kind of blinded me. Uh. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they eventually get back in the Enterprise. They get access to the bridge. Um, their plan is to uh, pick up data ha- make, and leave. <laughs> make the transporter think that. Uh, Riker, Geordi, and Worf are all data, mm. so that it gives them the rights to beam down. Um, which I don't know if this is a rights issue, like an access issue, or what. But like, I would be scared of making the transporter think I'm another person. You know what I mean? Because what would it deconstruct you and then reconstruct you on the planet's surface as them? Yeah, don't think about it. That that can actually get kind of hot if you think about it. Is this another one of your transformation fetishes? Yeah, there's there's yeah there's like a like a Barkley episode <laughs> where Barkley gets addicted to just beaming into places of other people, <laughs> <laughs> or just Troy over and over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so so Jordy says we could network a few tricorders together. <laughs> Uh, or use a single quad quarter exactly that's what i'm saying it's it's unreal like the the number of the number of uh of of concessions we've needed to make having not introduced the quad quarter and he doesn't even use the correct term which is daisy chaining (laughs) rucksacking like when you plug one Atari controller into another. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, that's, a, that's a boomer memory if there ever was one. Well, you remember somebody like, you know, you made your younger brother sit with controller one so he's closest to the TV and now he can't see shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas you with the daisy chain can move back another two feet. Right. And uh, my eyesight is perfect. Right. So, I mean... There was a... There's a cute Asian this episode. One of the kids? No. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was like a brief moment. Uh, uh, Jordy walked into Med Bay with like this random Asian extra. Is that supposed to be um, O'Brien's future wife? Yeah, she is the only Asian on the ship. Right. Keiko, what is her her maiden name? Keiko. I feel like it would be Ogawa just so 
it wouldn't be much of a stretch to change it to O'Brien. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Really fucks with me that hearing O at the start of a Japanese name, it could be either the kanji <laughs> for big or small. <laughs> what the fuck is Keiko's maiden name? Uh, Ishikawa. Okay, okay, okay. There definitely was an, an Ogawa at some point. Oh, I'm sure there was. I'm not crazy. I'm not. Wasn't he like a... like a, Or no, no, it was... um. What is this? Sorry. Alyssa Ogawa? That sounds no, that's, familiar. But that's... But who? She, she. I don't think she was in anything you... But she's... She, yeah, she was in TNG. My, my bad. She was in the TNG episode Lower Decks. Not to be confused with the TV show Star Trek Lower Decks. Do we like Lower Decks, the TNG episode? Uh, I don't really remember it. I remember liking it. You can ring me up on that if it turns out to be bad in five years when we get to it. Here's a picture with a caption, Ogawa turned into an ape. Whew. You gonna send it to me? No. Well, I guess I'm not deserving. I, I mean, yeah, sure, I guess. It doesn't really make for good podcasts. Has um, that ever stopped us? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, anyway. What were we talking about? Oh, nothing. That's why I brought up the Asian. Yes. So, Lore... Yeah, so... Yeah, they... Well, yeah, Lore, Lore makes off with the chip. Right. He, in his, in he his head. Scones. He absconds. Yes, he absconds. Good word. And uh, he throws the doctor into, like, a glass table or something. Right. And, and uh, yeah. Faces no repercussion... The Enterprise crew gets there, they survey the scene, they wake up Data, and, um, that in the episode ends? Uh, there was actually a funny a funny take we had where, uh, Frakes, you know, had, had to take Brent in his arms. Or no, no, no. Worf had Brent in his arms. Frakes had to, like, quote, turn Data on, right? Yeah. He was Princess uh, carrying him. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was very romantic. Um, we had an awkward first take where uh, Frakes accidentally fingered Brent's asshole, though. Well, he was looking for the switch. Yeah, yeah. We we did have a switch too. Right on uh, on Brent's back, just all the time, just if, for reference. If we um, if we were ever it, like annoyed with him, we would turn it off, and he'd get get the get the hint to leave. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. Uh, it was like a non confrontational way of telling him to shut up. Right, because you know comedians, uh, they're always trying to. Be funny, and show you how funny they yeah. are. Right, right. Oh God, he was nonstop. Oh, Brent. And uh, yeah, then the episode ends. They they get safely to the space station. The kid gets cured. Brent Data brings dinosaurs. some. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a little emotional, like quote emotional scene between Data and the Doctor, I guess. Yeah, I mean, nice. the moral is fine the less you think about it. Um, because it's like, yeah, Data and his brother had have this standing history, this conflict, and they could learn to patch it up. But 
I mean, when you think about how neither of them, either they don't have the capacity to grow or they are unwilling to grow. Um, or yeah. It's kind of hollow. But it does yeah. it does ostensibly tie the two things together. The two pairs Ostensibly, of yes. Yes. It is, it is funny how they're both so uniquely autistic that there's no way they could ever relate to each other. Poetic in a way. Yeah. Now, are you team data or team lore? Oh, I mean, come on. Lore is barely a character. That's true. You could be t team Soong. That's fine, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm team Soong from uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh. Oh. Didn't they, like, bring back the whole... Like, there's a there's a, there's a girl android and a ant's descendant yep. Soong. Yeah. And uh, he's evil, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he uh he tries to I think he tries to like kill Picard's ancestor. Is there time travel? Because No, no, no. No. Well yes. Yes. The the entire season two is time travel. Oh. Wait, I thought he was in season one. No, he's in season two. Okay. Uh yeah, he tries to kill you know, because much like Star Wars, there there you know, there's an entire like universe of people, but Everything over over the centuries just plays out between the same like three families. Mm. So, Data's uh, Data's creator's great 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 grandfather tried to kill Picard's ancestor. But of course, what else could? And happen? then, uh, and then Wesley shows up. He has like traveler powers, right? Yeah, love it. He just looks like you know the the the, the same. Frumpy Will Wheaton, who hosts the Ready Room. No makeup, no costume. Just, Nothing. No. Just there. It's same, just, it's same just Will Wheaton. Yeah. Same awful smile. <laughs> same uh, uh, soy-induced affect. How cool is this, Captain Picard? We're here together again. Year, 30 <laughs> years later. It looks right at the camera. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Was there something like that? Like, maybe that'll happen in the next season where somebody says... It's definitely gonna happen in the next yeah, season. Yeah, Worf, right? Or shut up, Wesley. And then, <laughs> like, there's a two-minute pause with no dialogue so the audience can finish laughing and high-fiving. <laughs> <laughs> season three is going to be... Honestly... Uh, that might be a hate watch for me. I could see it. I could see it. Right? Yeah. If if the whole cast is going to be there. <laughs> Gets a look, look at Gates and she's like a fucking pile of dust. <laughs> I almost choked. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, like if someone touches her and she just crumbles. <laughs> she got infinity stoned away. <laughs> So the the dancing doctor and she's like just in a wheelchair that she blows into a tube for. <laughs> I know. They're all fucking geriatric. <laughs> They're all so old. Is uh is is Brent gonna be back? I can't think of is why he would, because like Data's uh, a consciousness Data's that was very... turned off, right? Data's dead. Right. But 
you know, they'll probably find a way. Oh, this is oh, Lore will be back. <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh Trent died of an overdose um a few decades ago now, so. I think Brent could fill in on Lore. Yeah, probably. He's got it in him. Probably. And but Lore's a good, mean, Lore's a good guy just so they can have the whole bridge crew back. Yeah, right, right, right. Maybe the the entire season is just going to be about uh, uh, rescuing data from, from cyberspace. Yeah, yeah. Like, like oh, Picard, I'm Jack. I'm jacking in, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's just him surrounded by a bunch of cubes, purple cubes. Ever since I was a little boy, my mother told me how she loved cyberspace. <laughs> you ever see Scooby Doo? goes into the internet or whatever it is yeah unfortunately there's, there's like a blue electricity monster like that and like data's <laughs> fighting it with, with like a tron stick <laughs> <laughs> the enterprise crew has to compete in like video games <laughs> like a gauntlet of video games and it's like Pac-Man comes up and Picard's like, now this is a game I understand. And he's just like, wins Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worf gets to play Space Invaders. <laughs> well, you see, War Wesley's explained, Worf, in this game, there's a bunch of invaders coming from space to attack your homeworld. And Worf's like, so we must... Defend our homeworld. Mm. <laughs> I like this game. Yep, yep, there it is. <laughs> Oof. That's gonna be shit. Oh, anyway. Terrible. Um what did you think? Uh alright, we yeah, we gotta do saucer steps. Um three. Three, yep. Okay. I agree. So what did I think? <laughs> just just marathon this episode hell yeah what what you were gonna ask what did you think about and, or something but we cut off oh no 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 i was gonna ask you what you thought about this episode but we do that at the beginning at oh the yeah. End, yeah, yeah yeah we yeah. give saucer steps that's right okay well you got any trivia i do but i can't remember what it is uh, I'm gonna say data. Hold on. Ah, 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 ah. Okay. So, uh, Michael Westmore, makeup guy, right? Mm -hmm. He, um, in in creating the makeup for for Doctor Soong, um, he said the first thing I did in creating Brent's makeup for Doctor Soong, Kent's, was, yeah. Yeah, Kent's makeup. Sorry, um, makeup for Doctor Soong. Basically, he says the first thing he did was um, make his like make his head bigger. Okay. Right, and uh, I guess the question is, what was he trying to convey with that? His massive brain, because he's so smart. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's like one step away we made his head so big that he could recline on it and drink fine wine <laughs> <laughs> oh that's um, dumb that's, it's really dumb it's so dumb I, 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 it's so dumb I didn't think he would guess it 
Oh, at least not immediately. Believe me, I have the capacity to to delve into the depths of of stupidity. I guess you have a big head too. And emerge tainted. Emerge just a little dumber for having having witnessed this. The uh, the lighting in in uh, Doctor Soong's house, like on the walls. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that was reused from? One of the planets that they went to. I haven't got shot in the dark though. The all woman planet. Nah, nah. What is it? It's the gallery room in the most toys. Ah, okay. Yeah. Should have known. It's like my favorite episode. I know. Yeah. You for for how much you jack off over that episode, I would have thought you'd have uh, studied that entire room down to the, the 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 lighting at least. No, I I always get to the point where I see the Mona Lisa and just get angry that it's like it's <laughs> another Earth thing. Well, I guess that'll be it. Another victory for me on the trivia. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if you guys at home want to hear about our sponsors, keep listening. If you don't. Please turn off the, the podcast. I don't know. But um, the Ready Room is sponsored lovingly by Denny's, uh, home of the Moons Over Miami and the Grand Slam, and also the Pep Boys, home of the 15-minute oil change. Drop the word readier at either of these fine establishments to get 15% off your purchase or order. Um, if you, too, would like to sponsor the Ready Room, please reach out at the Business at gmail.com. And uh, until next week, where we tackle yet another episode of Season 4, I bid you adieu and to please stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man-Child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Anson. Engage. inside the bottle.